Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Hi, this is Cal Ripken Jr., and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter is back with you. Be sure to download and subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review where you get podcasts on your smartphone device. We are brought to you by Heather Saxon of Hunt Real Estate, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, and our great friends over at Prestwick Golf, if you're in and around Central New York, right there on Court Street. Man, Ed and his team do such an amazing job re-gripping your golf clubs. By the way, they do have top-notch clubs used and new to go play golf with. Titleist, Ping, TaylorMade, Callaway. He can pretty much get his hands on anything at Prestwood Golf, Court Street in Syracuse. If you're in and around the area, traveling through even, get those golf clubs re-gripped with Prestwick Golf. Tip of the cap thanks as well to the Vince Aguera Consulting Group and our pals at Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. It is an unbelievable interview coming up here. Uh, we're going to talk about 100-foot wave on demand, HBO Max, and other platforms where you get um, documentaries. It's a six-part series, actually, intimately capturing the decade-long odyssey of surfing pioneer Garrett McNamara, who, after visiting uh, a town in Portugal in hopes of conquering a 100-foot wave, he ended up pushing the sport to ever greater heights and uh, alongside locals helped transform the small fishing village into the world's preeminent big wave surfing destination. It's a docuseries directed and executive produced by some of the biggest names like award-winning filmmaker Chris Smith and executive produced by Emmy and Golden uh, Golden Globe winners, I should say, Joe Lewis and Maria Zuckerman, as well as Ryan Heller and Michael Bloom. It's on the legendary surfer, the pioneer, Garrett McNamara, and Garrett joins us right now. Garrett, thank you so much for a few minutes. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was such a fun project. Yeah, no doubt. So let's just start really with how this series came to fruition. You know, go go back to the beginning stages. Uh, you know, were, were you approached? Did you, did you, uh, were, were there any, you know, key pieces during the timeline to get this thing going? Get, you know, kind of get into the timeline of, of how we arrived here. Well, it from I from idea to finished product is unheard of record time. Thanks to uh, Chris Smith, um, Sam, who's been grabbing all the footage, and then all the people at HBO, all the editors, and then uh, Joe Lewis for putting it all together, and for HBO overall just embracing the projects and wanting to take it on, which definitely uh, pushed things way faster than we could have ever imagined. And um, the beginning, my wife, Nicole, wrote this script. She wrote a treatment for a movie, a one and a half hour movie, to inspire people to uh, follow their passion, uh, you know, inspire them that everything's possible. It doesn't matter where you start or where you come from. Start at less than zero. It doesn't matter. And um, and mainly the, the premise of the script was three, three athletes that, overcoming 
the impossible injuries and going back out to Nazareth, uh, myself, CJ, and Cotty, and we're, we're, uh, I was told never to serve big lifts again. CJ never thought he would. Cotty always knew he was going to, but he suffered some a horrific back injury and a horrific uh, knee and and then yeah he's just been over and over and over and he's just still going strong so just to share with the world that everything's possible uh we sent that script off to joe lewis and um asked for advice what should we do where should we go with this and then joe said this is uh, an award winner. We'll win an award. Um, I can guide you in the right direction, but you know, I'd really love to be a part of it. If you, if you would, uh, let me be a part of it, I would love to. And we're just like, what? Take it, run. And that was the beginning. He started running. Okay. What's it look like? What's that? What describe that, that wave, that 100 foot wave? What's it, what's it really, really look like? Oh, a 100-foot wave is a giant wedge that comes from way out. Of, you see it coming way ahead of time. You know it's coming. Your eyes in the sky are, are seeing it and letting you know, and you are confirming what you're seeing coming at you. Uh, it's just this perfect giant peak left and right, but the right goes into a giant channel, and the left goes into a closeout for lack of a better word, hell. Um, the right, you're getting towed in by the jet ski, and as soon as the timing is right, the jet ski turns away from the wave and slingshots you down it. You let go of the rope. You start turning like you're snowboarding. You fade, and then you go forward, and you fade, and you go forward, and then you fade. And then you bottom, turn at the bottom, and you turn up into the face, and the thing just engulfs you, covers you. You're gone. You're in the tube. And then you come flying out into the channel, and you're holding your hands up, and you're just in awe in heaven and just saying, thank you, God, thank you, God. And uh, that was the ride right there. So... Is it the town? Is it pronounced Nazari? Nazare. Nazare. Okay. Like well, Amer- you know, foreigners, Americans call it Nazare, but it's Nazare. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it, it's it's in Portugal. I believe you you reside there currently still, right? Um, and it just looks beautiful. The first time you arrived there, I mean, you, you became really a pioneer uh, in surfing. By, by doing uh, what you did, you know, creating a destination, a surfing destination, a challenge destination for, uh, you know, your fellow uh, competitors uh, in the sport. Um, how did, A, kind of a two-parter here, how did you do it, number one? And number two, why is that place specifically such a destination for surfing? Well, when we got there, nobody had ever realized that you could actually ride the waves and then get towed back out through all the closeout beach break. So it was deemed impossible. And the waves were a little mixed up, so it wasn't a desirable location and it was impossible. So two things that 
everybody that showed up before me just looked at it and went, eh, no, no good. That's the third part was the tow surfing was kind of dead. There wasn't, it was kind of frowned upon. There wasn't much people towing anymore and everybody's paddling whenever it got big. Nobody was towing. We had the jet skis in the channel for safety, but we weren't towing anymore. And I still loved towing, even though it was frowned upon. I still loved it. So wherever I went, depend on the conditions. If it was uh, really windy, I would tow. Really glassy, I would paddle. Uh, where I would stand up paddle. Whatever the conditions allowed, whatever was going to allow us to have more fun, that's what we did. And so we were lucky that we saw that it could potentially be possible. So we went out there and, and attempted to uh, surf some waves and then get rescued and then go in into the beach break and come back out through the sideways chops. So anywhere else, any other spot in the world that I know about, it would be impossible. You wouldn't be able to make it back out with your jet ski or your wave runner. But since the sideways chops come out of the canyon and off off the wall of the a cliff, the cliff and the canyon create these sideways waves that come across these giant peaks, which cancel out the wave. It, the wave all of a sudden will you know, be a 40, 60 foot wave, and you have the sideways wave that hits it, and it cancels, it turns it into a two to four foot wave. Oh. So you can make it back out over those sideways chops. And we luckily figured that out pretty quick and then realized that everything's possible. No matter how big it is, you can make it back out. Hmm. Well, Garrett McNamara with us here on the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College and Stanley Law Offices, the fantastic big wave surfer and extreme waterman. Uh, we're going to get into some of the records and some of the feats as well. Uh, he is, of course, featured in 100-foot wave on demand, uh, where docuseries are uh, seen, of course, and uh, you can watch it also on HBO Max. Um, th there's three things that, that you've done. You are known for breaking the world record for the largest wave ever surfed. Uh, in uh, again, Nazare is did I did I give it a yeah, shot there? Yeah. Nazare, okay, Portugal. Yeah. You survived a monstrous wave at Jaws, which it just uh, I mean, the videos of these things are just absurd. That was in in Hawaii, and then you rode tsunami from Kelvin glaciers in Alaska. Uh, Break those down, those experiences down, and and which one, if you if you had to do one of them again with the same outcome, which one would you pick? With the same outcome, oh, which one would I pick? With the same, all three, <laughs> <laughs> all rolled into one, huh? Yeah. No, you know that the, the glacier surfing was so dangerous, much too dangerous. But if it was, if I was going to have the same outcome and make it. It might be fun to go try and get some bigger ones there because it's from a different type of energy. It's from a you know, it's from water displacement rather than a low pressure system blowing on the surf ocean surface. Uh, but the the barrel at jaws would be uh, the most um, rewarding. Most I get the best feeling out of that wow. wave. But if I could get that same wave at that I got at Jaws, but 120 feet in Nazareth, that's where I would go. So you were born in Massachusetts. When, when did you when did you start surfing, falling in love with it? You know, did, did you learn on a, you know, on a specific body of water? When did it all begin for you? 
Well, you know, when I was one and a half, I said, well, I'm moving to California and I'm going to start this surfing career. And so I moved from from Massachusetts to California when I was one and a half. You know, I got my suitcase and I just left home. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, mother forced us. Uh, my mother uh, who was trying to find herself, I guess you could say, and moved us to California, inherited a bunch of money, moved us to California and started a hippie commune where we uh, had a, a, a year of, of about 10 years of a lot of fun up in the mountains and then in Ber- half of the time in Berkeley and half of the time in Casadero. Oh. And uh, then she luckily pretty much forced us to move to Hawaii. We did not want to go and she forced us and uh, well, thanks to her, if she hadn't brought me to Hawaii, I would never have become a surfer and who knows what I'd be doing right now. Um, so when we got here, I was 11, and there wasn't, if you lived close to the beach, you surfed, and we didn't have anything else to do. We didn't have much money. We were uh, on welfare. We didn't really, you know, we didn't have any beds. We slept on a carpet floor in this little apartment, and it was um, it was tough. And But we got a surfboard. We went out in the ocean, and nothing mattered. We fell in love, and that was it. That was our passion, our love, what we did all day, every day. You had, obviously, a, a kind of a tough childhood. Um, fought some adversity there. Um, do you ever think back to those days while you're having all the success? Or is it just way in the... Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, it was really... To me, I think it was very fun, and all the experiences made me who I am today. Uh, there was a couple of situations that I remember that weren't very fun, but overall it was amazing. Overall those uh, experiences I wouldn't trade for anything and a way of being that I wouldn't trade for anything. Uh, we were free. We got to um, experience life up front row center with our mother, you know, kind of guiding us here and there, but she'd always said, I just gave you to God. And uh, so that's pretty much what she did. We luckily we uh, didn't get killed or, or uh, who knows. You know, back in Berkeley, I remember we would go out in the streets uh, all night long, at nine and ten years old, up to eleven, and there was actually a serial killer that had just killed a couple streets over, and we're on the streets in the middle of the night. And there was a curfew set up, and you weren't supposed to be out. We were just out running them up. So, so yeah, luckily, luckily, it uh, we survived it all. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm I'm wondering how how you see yourself in in the sport of surfing. How would you how would you compare yourself to someone else in another sport? You know, are you like the are are you like a Joe Montana in 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 football? Are you like a Ken Griffey Jr. in baseball? Are you like some you know? Do, do you? Who would you compare yourself to in in another sport who's who's done similar things? Do you think? Well, I would compare what happens in other sports and what happens in our sport. In all the other sports, if you make a mistake, you get to swing again, or you get to shoot again, or you get to uh, kick the ball again. In our sport, if you make a mistake, you don't get to breathe for a long time. <laughs> and you're underwater with, for what can seem like an eternity here. So 
one mistake in our sport, you cost your life, and one mistake in most other sports, you just pick it up and go again. Who would I? I've never been asked that question. Um, I mean, obviously, I know the degree of difficulty in your sport is really, really hard. I'm just talking in in terms of you know the level of success. You know, you've been at it since '78. You've, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you have a ton of sponsors. You have world, world records I would achievements. Just say that- I get really lucky once in a while. <laughs> you're the Tom. You're the Tom Brady of surfing, huh? Um, so was it? You, you know, the training that I do with my ankles is what yeah. Tom Brady started doing way back in the day before anybody. And the the coach that I work with uh, uses a lot of Tom Brady's uh, workout techniques and methods, or actually she implemented a lot of them and worked with the coaches that worked with him and studied with them. So the longevity will, yeah, is, is due to a lot of nowadays and over the last, I'd say six years, I've been working with somebody who's going to keep me in the game and it's the same type of training that Tom Brady started doing and still does and i but i would never compare myself to him that guy is just a freak i'm just lucky well i don't know i i, I watch some of these videos and i'm like man it throwing a football seems kind of easy compared to this uh compared to this thing uh, that you're doing you know it's yeah. wild uh you mentioned you mentioned I, I just got a couple more for you um you mentioned you know being underwater for a long time i mean See what seems like a lifetime. You're under there, and you don't have. And it's not like you're you're snorkeling. It's not like you've you know you've you've got an oxygen tank with you. It's just you. You're in the water. So when did you learn? How did you do it in terms of you know sustaining holding your breath for a long period of time? I gradually built up to it, but the main recipe for success underwater that I felt enabled me to be very comfortable and survive yeah. a lot of the like yeah I've been comfortable with all my wipeouts I've, I've enjoyed them it's a mindset first of all but to get to that level of being comfortable you have to be physically prepared and I would do a lot of hold my breath exercises above water while I'm running around this field, there was these different benches or spore benches. And it was a school at Sunset Beach Field, a field at Sunset Beach School. And I would run a lap and then I would do three types of hold my breath exercises at each bench. And then I'd run again, hmm. hold my breath, run again, hold my breath. And then I implemented this hold my breath training whenever I work out. And so you're exerting as much energy as humanly possible while holding your breath during these workouts. Mm. So then when you're getting pounded, like a big wave hits you and you're underwater, you're completely relaxed. And since you had been exerting as much energy as possible while holding your breath, then relaxing holding your breath all of a sudden became very comfortable and easy. Uh, There's also some amazing underwater exercises which i only recommend doing with a partner at least one if not two or three people and we would swim down 40 feet to this rock on a sand bottom and then we'd run for like a minute on the bottom and then you have to swim up and i remember a lot of times coming up and you see that black pole closing in 
And I remember so many times my lips just coming up right before blacking out. Wow. And uh, that was definitely helped a lot, the cave diving. But I, I really do credit the holding my breath on land while exerting as much energy as humanly possible and thinking about sets. Okay, I'm doing this exercise with my leg, 10 seconds, and then two breaths. Okay, another wave, and then doing this other exercise, and then two breaths, and okay, another wave, and then doing this other exercise. And at the third exercise, like three sets, three waves, that was always about to pass out. And then I would just continue on and do it again, continue on doing it again. So you're you're actually... uh, going through numerous sets of sets each each little set that you do on on the lab so yeah the hold your breath on the land is just nowadays you got wim hof you got all these different breathing techniques you got all these amazing ways to expand your lungs i mean there's there's the internet the you know the there's so much to learn and so many great teachers and, and, and all of them are good. I mean, Mark Visser has this, uh, warrior course, wave water warrior. I forget some kind of warrior course. He's amazing for surfing, surf specific. Mark Visser, forget the name of his program, but I learned a couple really great things from him that I implemented over the last five years. So how long can you hold your breath? Uh, not too long compared to some of the other guys, but four and a half, about four and a half minutes. Oh I mean, I could push God. it, I could push it further, but I've I've been very happy with four and a half. Yes, I would say so. So Massachusetts born, but you you go out west, California. Did did do you are you a sports fan as well? I mean, did you do do you have favorite teams? When I was a kid living in Berkeley, we played baseball religiously. I had every baseball card, I had every football card, I had every basketball card. I had tickets to the Vikings-Raider game in 1976 when the Raiders beat the Vikings uh, in the Super Bowl. And I was a religious sports fanatic and a baseball comic collector. But we were skateboarders at heart. Mm -hmm. And BMX and baseball was our, our number one. But I mean, I, I, I had just gotten on the soccer team. I had just gotten on a hockey team. I, you know, we played baseball every single year. Uh, we played basketball for fun, played football for fun, and collected all the cards. And so was it, cards. was it Giants or A's or Dodgers? It was Giants and A's. Okay. And you supported 49ers, both. Okay. San Francisco 49ers, Oakland Raiders, and the Golden State Warriors. Oh, you just supported all of them. You just supported multiple teams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were a, you were a fan we more than anything. Towards, we yeah. we pulled towards the Raiders and the Oakland A's. Yeah. Those were our, you know, they were closer to us. We were in Berkeley and Oakland the next town over. Sure. But we've gravitated towards San Francisco a lot as well. That's cool. Um, final final one for you here, Garrett, and this has been amazing. What, what do you hope when people get done watching 100-foot wave? What do you hope people say about it? I hope they're inspired to follow their dreams, to, to uh, write down what they love doing more than anything and 
write down a blueprint, a map to follow every day, to look at every day, three to five times a day to focus on, to do what they love for the rest of their life. I hope they realize that everything is possible. They can do what they love. You just have to make a good plan. Well, it's out on demand, uh, HBO Max and other platforms, 100-foot wave, uh, highlighting the legendary surfing pioneer Garrett McNamara, of course. You can watch a trailer and find out more information about it at hbo.com slash 100-foot dot uh, dash wave and also check out garrett's website as well garrettmcnamara.com it's garrettmcnamara.com world records incredible success tons of sponsors and now this uh series that's out is must watch and uh garrett mcnamara of course is highlighted thank you so much it doesn't doesn't feel right because i was never a legend in my own mind so it doesn't feel right anybody calling me a legend but Thank you so much. Um, no doubt. So if anybody does have any questions, they can come to my Instagram, uh, McNamara cool. underscore S. Okay. I'm open book. I would love to share any information with you about training or just life. And then we did just come out with a book a couple of years ago, Hounds of the Sea. It actually did really well. It was very well received. I've never really pushed it at all. Wow. Never tried to publicize it. So I figured I'd let everybody know it's out there if you don't mind. And, um, yeah, thanks to all my amazing sponsors. We got Thule, Mercedes, Yamaha, Astro, Raw Elements, Space, CBD. I mean, just so many. I don't call my my uh, the companies that support me sponsors. They're more like family. They're my partners. And I, I just have, uh, you know, they are family. I, I, we, we don't care to work with any companies that, we don't really enjoy being with the people and spending time with the people. And most of all, we have to stand behind it. We have to stick to our guns and stand behind what we what we believe in. Well, this was awesome. Thanks, Garrett. Continued success. Thank you. Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends at Bryant and Stratton College. Go ahead and log on to bryantstratton.edu and, of course, the Syracuse campuses. They're available right now, Oswego Street in Liverpool and in the city on James Street. Nursing uh, degrees are available. It's a new program there. Make sure you uh, be a Bobcat today. You're coming out of high school, you're looking to kind of craft a degree and really uh, narrow in on something. They can help you. They're the best. And, of course, years after high school, sometimes in college, you you just want to change professions. Go get that quick two-year degree at Bryant Stratton College and go into another vertical of work. They specialize in that as well. BryantStratton.edu, Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse, the official college of the ML Sports Platter. Huge tip of the cap. Thank you as well to our good friends from Liverpool Physical Therapy, Axe Exotic Pets, and Ken's Auto Detailing. Go ahead and get a detail now. Route 11 and Cicero in and around Central New York. Ken and his staff do an amazing job with the wax, the wash, uh, the whole thing, the chrome detail. You drive away from that place and you literally feel like you have a brand new car at Ken's Auto Detailing, the official detail house of the ML Sports Platter. Also do want to give a tip of the cap thank you to Camillo's Golf Club and Rosie's Corner as well. What an interview with Garrett McNamara. Incredible, incredible stuff. I'm Mike Lindsley. This is the ML Sports Platter. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. As I always tell you, enjoy the games.
haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. We travel to see what's around the bend and what we're capable of. And now Capital One's new class of travel card can keep up with you. Introducing Venture X from Capital One. With 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy. Venture X, for those always asking, where next? Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.